0: Everyone and welcome to episode nineteen of the Backyard for podcast. My name is Matt Harmon. Uh, if you've been listening to this show, you know what we're doing here. Is we're going through and talking to some of the best people from the uh, sports writing industry, and we do have one of the best today. And I am I am happy to say that I am joined today by uh, Jessica Kleinschmidt from Fanduel. Jessica, how are you doing today?
1: I'm good. Thank you for having me. I, so your 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 podcast isn't legal yet. You're only on number nineteen yeah true. i guess i guess that's okay. true
0: uh can drink pull- yet right uh but we can buy cigarettes and play the lottery
1: and vote in oh, that order boring in that, in that in that order though make sure you get cigarettes play the lottery and then go vote kids
0: Prefer yes, preferably. Um, this podcast is explicit on iTunes, so uh, <laughs> it makes sense. We're giving out this advice. No, it's actually funny to pull back the curtain a little bit. I've actually recorded the 20th ep- episode already because I will be going mm-hmm. on a cross country road trip uh, That's here starting right. tomorrow. So I'm I already have that one in the docket. So technically, the podcast is 20 episodes old uh, by the time you're listening to this. Uh, so there's little. You know, there's some technical stuff right there. If you're watching the YouTube broadcast <laughs> version, you know that I just completely embarrassed myself with a the move there. So we're already starting <laughs> off hot. And to keep, to keep, this, to keep this theme going, uh, if, you know, if you've know you been listening to the last two episodes, you know we've been giving away a spot in the Scott Fishbowl for, uh, for a lucky iTunes reviewer or Stitcher reviewer. And I have picked the person. Uh, and the winner of this co- the contest to get into the Scott Fishbowl is a user on iTunes by the name Aquitus... Or Aquitas. I don't know. It's spelled A E Q U I T A S. Anyways, the review they left was really nice. Um, it's it goes such a great pod, such a great concept for a podcast. Harmon gets a variety of guests to sit down and tell the stories of how they were. Uh, introduced to the fantasy sports writing industry, uh, or the sports media industry, with the focus on fantasy football writers. Those interested in the industry will eat this stuff up, but the truth is that the advice in these podcasts is inspiring to just about anybody with aspirations. Hell, I'm a musician, and I find these stories encouraging and thought-provoking, because at the end of the day, this podcast isn't about sports. It's about finding your passion and pursuing it. Beautiful stuff. So great awesome. review there, Aquitus or Aquitas, however you're pronouncing your iTunes name. Email me at mharmon under or mharmon. 2570 at gmail.com and i'll get you hooked up with scott fish for, for your entry into the league really appreciate everybody that left a uh, left a review to get entered into the contest um i'll maybe try to give something else away but for now keep leaving reviews and i'll pretty much just keep tweeting out good pictures of my dog or uh, great thoughts that i have in my head because i know that's what you mm-hmm. all are here for but today we're not here for me we're here for jess so jess i mm-hmm. always start the podcast by asking the guest how Did you come to fall in love with football or sports or anything in general? I know that you uh, actually focus right now on some other terrible sport that people play. (laughs) Um, So go right ahead. Tell us how you got uh, into all of that, like as a fan.
1: Well, you're, you're calling it an awful sport is really ruining the adorable story that I have. You know, well, like, that's
0: what I do. I ruin things.
1: I know. You're just awful person, Matt <laughs> Harmon. So when I was little, we were I was pretty much raised on a baseball field and also on a football field. So I'll put that out for you, too. We were just a sports family and um, specifically baseball. My dad was like the president of the league. My mom did all the secretarial work and all that fun stuff. And we had like our Sunday family dinners and snack bar, which is something that we always did. So since I was little, I was always something I've always been interested in. Um, I never really thought, you know, being a female in sports was even a thing. When I was younger, it was just like, I'm a chick, I like sports, and I like to write. Cool. So I just kept doing it, but I actually, you know, it was weird. It was something I always wanted to do, but I ended up getting a job right in high school for the government, so I kind of put that on the back burner and great job for the government, obviously great benefits and stuff like that. And so it was one day where somebody, one of my Twitter followers, back when I had maybe like 300 followers, um, and he discovered me and he said, hey, I really like your blog. I was putting out this blog called Stealing Bases and Stilettos, and I wrote about the A's naturally. I think they, they won something. I think they won the AL West or something crazy a couple years ago. And I wrote about it. Matt's like,
0: Jessica. I've here. I've known like <laughs> three of the words that you've said so far
1: yeah exactly exactly um so Vincent Frank came out and he said hey I really like your blog and I told him I was like yeah you know it's kind of funny I've always wanted to be a sports writer and he said well I have a website you should start writing for me and so it was eDraft sports and my first article was on fantasy football and at the time I had played every year but I never really got into it. I was like, I, as long as I beat my dad, as long as I beat my brother, like I'm cool. So I ended up, you know, kicking their asses and everything redundantly. If I must brag, most of the time it was on like auto draft, but still you get to brag. And, um, finally, so finally, um, I was my first article. I think it was at like the top 10 running backs. You should start this week or something crazy like that. This one article back would take me now about six minutes to write took me about six days to write I was so nervous I was so scared I had no idea what he was looking for and then after that I started just pounding out these articles and my following kind of just happened and the next thing you know I got to kind of do all kinds of stuff so I was lucky enough to say goodbye to my government job not really lucky I struggled at the beginning because I was like oh it's so it's such an easy industry to get into blah, blah blah it's not it takes a lot of hard work and so I kind of quit my job with the government and which was a lot of people said I was stupid for doing, but I did it. And I moved to the Bay Area to try to pursue this thing and um, Bay Area didn't really work out. but as I moved the moment I decided to move back to Reno Nevada where I am now, Vandal discovered me. So that's what I've been doing ever since and I feel like I haven't worked a day in my life ever since I landed that job. so it's been hashtag very much blessed.
0: Beautiful. Well, you covered the whole thing. That's the show. No, I'm just kidding. Um,
1: Thanks for having me. Yeah, right. This
0: is great. Uh, it's the shortest episode in, in uh, show history. No, I'm just kidding. Nothing lasts. Nothing good lasts this long. Uh, it has to go longer. Um. Anyways, so uh, it, so coming back, kind of to to the point where you left your, you know, quote unquote day job. What What's the like? You mentioned some people think that's crazy. Um. Uh-huh. You know, I never really had that experience um some people have that we've talked about on the talked to on the podcast so far what is what's kind of the thought process that goes behind that when you take that risk
1: um i've just never been intimidated by anything in this industry and i remember i remember my One of my best friends that I worked with, I looked over at her and I said, I can't do this anymore. And it was one of those things where everybody that I worked with said, you're better than this particular job. And it wasn't until I believed it where I kind of stood up. And I remember the time crunch was 9 o'clock in the morning, I decided to quit. By the time I got back from lunchtime around 1230, I had put my two weeks in. So it was like very quick. And that's what I do. Like every tattoo I've gotten, every piercing I've gotten, I just do it on a whim. So it's the type of person that I am. So I did that. And even my best friend who I was with that I worked with said, You're going to be fine. And I I was very, I'm a very impatient person. So I realized quickly that that was not, I wouldn't say it was the stupidest thing to do, but it was something that was definitely a culture shock quickly. Um, so I did just keep keep working hard, but it was kind of like a snap in my head where I was at this job for almost a decade. I was plateauing at that job and I couldn't stand it. And it was weird, like in the in the the city I was raised in, girls kind of just want to get married and have babies really quickly. I've never really had that mental process. So I, I would rather it's yeah, exactly. So I was kind of like, okay, cool. Like, I'm single. I can do what I want to do. I can up and move, not have to answer to anybody. So I thought I would take advantage of that before some poor soul wanted to wife me up.
0: No, either way,
1: either, yeah, either, either way, I would, you know, it was a different situation, but I decided, okay, well, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this right. And even though things didn't work out in the Bay Area, everything kind of all fell together. So it was one of those situations. Now, when I do go to the back to the Bay Area, I have places to stay, people to network with, people to stay with. So, But at the end of the day, it was more or less, it was kind of on a whim. But at the end of the day, it's something I've always wanted to do. So I thought, if I'm going to do this, I'm going to do it the full way. Kind
0: of hearkening back to the... Uh, the, the, the 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 impetus to leave the job. Because like you said, things kind of started fast. Like you just, somebody saw you tweeting or, or writing an article and, and all that. Mm-hmm. And then you kind of get your first like kind of part-time gig. But it's definitely, it's definitely a big step to go from getting that first like, oh hey, here's my little foot in the door at a site. And then like, oh wait, I need to make money. There's a, there's a big gap between the two, right?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah, I didn't think, you know, because I was very spoiled when, when I was blogging and writing I had a government job so I was getting paid very well I didn't have to worry about it and then I remember it wasn't until I got my first paying gig with sports where it was like two hundred dollars a month will pay you and I was like what that's crazy like especially in this industry that's just like the craziest amount of money you could really ask for and so on that was just on top of my government job and I think it wasn't until maybe halfway through sports not where I realized, okay, well i'm I'm doing okay. I'm getting really good amount of views for sports not. and even though I don't know where I go with this, I need to eat. I need to actually, you know do something. but it, it's it's difficult because I, I loved it, but I was getting worried that if I if I went full forced with making it a career that I wouldn't enjoy it anymore because there comes a time where, you're writing and you enjoy it. And I was scared that like, I wouldn't get the hard eye emojis if I was watching a baseball game anymore, because I just spent 10 hours writing about it that day. And that really made me nervous. And there were times where I really just wanted to go back to my government job because the pay was so good, but then I didn't want to be that person to say, I didn't really give it a full try. And so Will Carroll kind of swooped in and rescued me. And he was really a big fan of my work. I interviewed him for a lot of articles and, I realized, oh, okay, well now I can continue this, but now it's kind of bad because now that I do have such a great job with Vandal, I realized I can't go back to my government job because I'm doing this and I realized you can get paid to do what you love, whether it is sports writing or what have you, but I'm realizing you have, to, I have to continue it. And now that I have my first great paying job, like I realized the sky is the limit. You just have to make sure you have the right mentality. And I think you have to be kind of a freak of nature to do what we do. So it's, it's kind of a, it's so true. It's so true. We're just weird. We're weird people, people. So um, it's kind of one of those things. So I think it was probably about six to seven months with writing for sports, not where I was thinking like, okay, well, let me figure this out. And And Will, I didn't really reach out to Will, but Will said, we really want your perspective at FanDuel Insider, and it was this new website that they were launching, and it's been kind of awesome since. I'm
0: going to pause you there before we go more into the FanDuel thing, um, and kind of bring you back uh, a little bit there to when you were kind of talking about the the idea of, like, do you think you're going to lose loving the game, or whatever, Mm -hmm. and I... I know the answer to this because you know I follow you on Twitter. We're we're tight in real life, so I know your thoughts about baseball. Unfortunately, but like, <laughs>
1: right? What? what <laughs> Watch your mouth. Watch your mouth.
0: No, this is this is my podcast. Okay, I'm, <laughs> I'm gonna, so sorry. Okay. I'm gonna play the host. I'm gonna play the host card. This is my podcast. If I want to shit okay. on baseball, I'm gonna shit on baseball. <laughs> oh my gosh! You're so I mean, I, I, I know. I'm sorry, but I'm gonna try to. I'm gonna try to be nice about it. But anyway, okay. so. I might do my best. I'm do my best to be Uh nice. It's a struggle. But anyways, so Uh talking about, uh, about not losing that passion. Obviously you have not lost that passion. You're, you're still pretty psyched on baseball, right? Uh What, what keeps, what keeps that passion alive? Even though it, it can definitely, and I can speak the same thing about football. Like it can be grueling 365 days a year covering this, covering a sport. I don't
1: know. I think it's because, you know, I, played softball like I played back in the day and I've met so many awesome people um I've experienced the behind the scenes stuff I don't know I think it's just something I've always just been obsessed with and it's I don't know I think I you know I've learned so much more about the game um I've met so many of the players and their wives and their girlfriends and I see what really goes into it and um it's not you know if you're if we're going more towards the wives and the girlfriend thing, I can promise you all the mentality and all the stories that you have in your head are more than likely going to be false. It's really difficult to be with an athlete, and these women I don't know how they do it. And just when they've opened up to me through my WAG series, it's, it's cool to see that. And even when I'm in the press box covering a game, it's just different too because you can hear like all the fun stats they're talking about, and when you're live tweeting it, it's just like I just get off, like, on these weird tangents when, like, I know when, like, a trade's been done before anybody else does. And, you know, you, like, you write an article and then Bryce Harper hits a hundredth bomb and you're like, oh, I just wrote about him today because he had his 99th career the other day. And it's just, I don't know. There's just something cool about it. But then I also know... Like, my family loves it. They're obsessed with baseball, too. So, when I get to go home and, and talk to them about, like, hey, look what I just did, and, and they get into it, too, I just think it's like it brings back to like being a little kid again. So, there's, and that's something you just cannot erase from who you are. So,
0: yeah, I think if I can put it into a, like, kind of summarize what you just said and put it into a phrase that I think I, I feel. it's it's like being a part of the story you know and not the story because nothing pisses me off more than writers that want to make themselves the story that's one of the top five most obnoxious things you can do as a sports writer um
1: give me an example of that is that like oh so he had like how does that I i don't think i've ever seen that
0: like i would say a an analyst that antagonizes a player to the point of like they're trying to i would say it's hard to think of. a. I can't think of a specific example, especially without being rude to anybody, but um because uh-huh. that's not my are thing. These,
1: are these like former players that turn analysts?
0: No, 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 no. That's a whole nother thing. I'm talking about just like your regular rink and ink writers uh, like me. Uh,
1: right. <laughs> um,
0: writer. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Your normal rink and ink writers like Matt Harmon. Um
1: Good word, Matt Harmon. Good for you.
0: I'm good at some things. It's not, um, it's
1: not like an intelligent word, but it's a good word.
0: Yeah, it's something. Um, mm-hmm. But I, so I think like writers that you know antagonize players to bring attention onto themselves. That's a part of it. Um, writers that somehow want to claim some piece of success uh, uh-huh. off a of player, c- claim some sort of credit off a of player's success i think is obnoxious um like we talked about this with cecil lammy on his show like his relationship with cj anderson like they're very mm-hmm. tight but at no point does cecil like somehow be like you know that's that's my that's my buddy cj like scoring a touchdown like that's right. you know i i helped like he told the story about how you know he sent a, a cj a text like with his jerk like with wearing his jersey and be like i still believe in you man and like after you know then later on in the season he ended up rebounding or whatever and cecil says that not to, to be like look what i did for cj anderson but like to just show like you know i was just encouraging my friend like that's being a part of the story but it's not making yourself the story i guess is
1: absolutely I yeah that. so
0: it's kind of hard to say but it's something that like you know when you see it like a writer trying to make it about them because that's the thing like or, or just in general i think being like look at me i you know i predicted this player's breakout like that's so cool it's like <laughs> Guilty. No, Yeah. Well, we've all, we've all definitely tried to thump our chest, but like at the end of the day for me, like it's about the players, you know, this is their, this is their story and we're just kind of like these little parts of it, but it's cool. But like you're saying, it's cool to be a part of it. It's cool to be a part of in some way, like play some sort, if they were to write a book about this shit, you know, there'd be some part for, for us. I think that's kind of the cool, like some little tiny extra that walks through the screen. Like that's, that's just cool.
1: Especially if, like, you get to interview a guy and he's mm-hmm. willing to open up or even, obviously, a girl, too. if Like, if they're willing to open up to you and tell you their story, like, you're like, that's freaking awesome. Like, yeah, so that's cool.
0: <laughs> but anyways, kind of continuing back to, back to you a little bit here, Jess. Um, you mentioned FanDuel. And mm-hmm. were you one of the original people that was hired when they started the insiders thing?
1: I was, I was, I was one, uh, Tyler Brooke and I, he's formerly of Bleacher Report as well. He actually, um, is, um, I guess my counterpart or he was at work and we were, it was like our first big paying gig and will kind of, and Fandle Insider kind of hired us to basically do the, we call it content bombing which is a lot of clickable material fun stuff and then we've since kind of gone in and out of the format of what he, what we wanted to do so it was me along with about 20 other writers that got hired on to start FanDuel Insider so it, if you want to compare it to something we kind of wanted to be like the big league or you know for the win from USA Today kind of like that through FanDuel. so that's what we decided to do.
0: Right on all the stuff I can never do. Um, right exactly. <laughs> Yeah, right. Keep it under five hundred words. Fat chance. Um,
1: yeah.
0: <laughs> uh, so, what? So, you basically just will approached you to get to get the job? Is that how it happened, or did you apply for something? Or
1: I didn't apply for anything. Um, I actually was. I interviewed. I had Will on maybe one of my podcasts, and it was actually one of the best podcasts I ever had because we were talking about. I believe somebody got busted for pot. I want to say it was Norman. Maybe I don't know he got busted. Somebody, in the, I think it was MLB, somebody in the MLB got busted for pop, and um, yeah, you're like, okay, <laughs> and so cool, Jess. Um, and so I was, at, and so we were talking about that, and like it was, we had like really good chemistry going back and forth. And then Sandal Insider decided to pick him up and start this project. And then Will reached out to me and said, We need some writers, and he's like, I really want you um, on board. And then he called me, set it up. And the next thing you know, I was published on FanDuel Insider and there was obviously a lot a really hard, intense launch of FanDuel Insider. We kind of came out of nowhere and after the billionth tweet and text to me saying, if I see one more effing FanDuel commercial, I'm going to shoot myself. It got, you know, it just was, it was a very quick few months. There was a lot going on. So that's, basically how it started but I met some of the most amazing people ever and I have great friendships with all of them so it ended up being a really cool scenario
0: that's awesome so that's essentially that's your full-time thing now that's what you do with your life
1: that's that's it I do that I'm freelancing for uh like various other outlets um if mlb.com needs for me to go get some quotes around here I'll go do it because there's a triple a team here that um for the Diamondbacks that I've been doing some stuff with Reno Aces. Um, I'm also just started a radio show with a partner of CBS Sports in Kansas City, and um, that's called Sweet Action, which launches Ooh. May 14th. Uh, but no, actually, I have to give credit to Michael Shoddy. Michael Shoddy gave me the idea for the name, and we we pushed it out that way. So, um, yeah. And so that starts and we'll be doing a lot of Kansas City Royal stuff, Kansas City Chief stuff, a lot of local stuff, but then also everything in the world stuff. So that's also what I'm doing. And then I'm freelancing for a lot of places. I just don't remember what all the names of them are.
0: Right. So So you'll be you'll be covering uh, you'll be covering the Chiefs when Albert Wilson finally becomes the Hall of Famer that he's destined to be.
1: I just want to do everything you want me to do. Matt Harmon.
0: Okay, well, I appreciate that. But uh, so tell Albert Wilson that I'm his best friend. I'm his best friend and uh, his biggest fan.
1: Okay, well, I thought we weren't allowed to do that. So now you want me to do that? Are you going to be the writer who says, "Well, he's my best friend"? When he does I'm not going to say
0: it. I just want no. I just I just this is the this is a very big truther thing. I like the guy and I think he's actually really good. But nobody will probably ever know it because the Chiefs throw the ball five hundred times a year. But, anyways, that's a tangent. Um, <sighs> albert wilson what, how, I, I, how, do you
1: think, how, how do you how do you think the royals are going to do this year matt Harmon?
0: what's a royal
1: the, the kansas city royals do you think they're going to take the al central
0: uh i don't i don't know what are you speaking a foreign language right now
1: <laughs> a little bit this
0: is a beautiful, awkward, uh, inter- yeah. a awkward interaction that I'm definitely not editing out at all. Um, anyways, <laughs> Jess, you mentioned like kind of the, the, the contra- I don't want to say controversy, but the, some of the awkward tension uh, with writing for a DFS site that, that came this year with all the advertisements, some of the other things. As much as you can or feel comfortable sharing about that, kind of talk about that a little bit, how, it's, uh, how it was a little bit of a tenuous time there at different points this season.
1: Um it was more or less I think the only stressful part that I dealt with was people coming at me and people forgetting that these guys are humans was what it was and I had to kind of turn that off when I was doing my breakups when I had the the DFS breakups for those of you who don't know what those are it's just basically telling me like you guys you shouldn't start this guy that week um so I think the most difficult point of the DFS situation where I mean, it was, it was hard for me because I'd kind of like intensely go into it. I only played DFS a little bit before I got started. And then there was the drama with DraftKings and then we had to stop playing. So, which kind of sucked because I, I liked the practice of it. Um, but ultimately the fantasy aspect kind of, I don't know, it got a little weird. Because like I said, you have to kind of turn off the fact that these guys are humans. And a lot of them mention that too. They say, okay, you can't get mad at me because you're fantasy situation didn't happen and people actually tweet these guys saying my yeah. fantasy team sucked and it's because of you and that like always broke my heart and it's the um, worst it was just the absolute worst and that's why you know I started some of my certain art that's why I'm glad we kind of got to step back from strictly fantasy stuff and do more of like you know my wag series or you know trying to figure out these people are human so that's what, what is the wag series got the most but those those for those of us don't know oh well, WAG stands for Wives and Girlfriends of uh, Athletes, basically. So I've been interviewing um, every more baseball women than anything, just because that's just the access that I have. Um, but I've been doing. I think I only did like maybe two football women so far. Um, but I'm so if you guys know anybody, hook a sister up because I'm relaunching that again. Um, so that will continue. So I started doing that on top of everything else. So kind of put more of a human perspective on rather than just, okay, well, he's a number. Yeah. But that number goes home to wife and kids, you know? So people need to remember that. So that's kind of why I was really glad they were pumped to have me relaunch that once again, because I took kind of some time off with it because I was too busy doing all the millions of other things I do with my life. So that's relaunching hopefully this week.
0: That's very cool. That sounds like a really interesting thing. Uh, If you're out there listening and you had never have, definitely check that out. Um, that kind of leads me into, uh, into my next point here. Uh, Jess, obviously you are a female, uh, a breaking news for anybody listening to the podcast. Uh, if you haven't figured that out yet. Um, I dabble, you know,
1: I dabble, I dabble, you
0: dabble in being a female. Um, that sounds complicated. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I can barely wake up and be myself every day. I don't know how I would do two things. That sounds complicated. Um, so I Jeff, you're going
1: to say you can barely wake up and be a man.
0: <laughs> well, it's, it's, I, I joke a lot that, uh, and hop hopefully this is not a hot take i joke a lot that uh being a a straight white male in america like i am is a pretty is pretty much playing life on the easy mode so no i did does not wake up every day and and it is not a struggle so uh yeah that's 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 that but jess uh you are the second female guest you've ever had on the podcast so this is this is obviously Mm -hmm. you know stuff we do yeah well of course my pleasure um we we talked a little bit about it with Liz, but what, what is your experience positive or negative been being a female in, in a male dominated industry? Um, you mentioned up like at the beginning, like you, as a kid, you didn't even think that was like a thing. It's obviously much more of a thing mm-hmm. now than it was maybe then, but what's kind of some of the, what's your, like, let's talk overall from a macro sense about it. And then let's get a, more, a little more micro about it.
1: Well, it, you know, Believe it or not, I think I've received more harassment from women than men really? on social media. Yeah, I really have. And most of the time, it's they're sneaky about it. Um, at least, you know, some people will tell me straight up through my mentions, well, I think you suck. I think you're stupid. You're not even pretty. You don't know what you're talking about. You know, I mean, if, if I predict that Mike Trout's going to have, a cra- like, a great game, but he goes over 4, like, get off my nuts, dude it's Mike Trout we weren't expecting obviously Mike Trout last season not this season it's not as predictable but um I yeah. like I really do not care so uh but, yeah. so- <laughs>
0: no that's a that's a that's a joke from Adam Rank's episode of the podcast that's how we first became that's how we first became bros actually our relationship started Rocky because he was telling me about Mike Trout. And I was like, "Who's who the hell is Mike Trout?" And I really didn't know. And he was very offended about it because he's an Angels oh fan, like lifetime. So uh, yeah, he's like, "He's only oh, one of the bro. best players in baseball." I'm like, "I don't really give a damn about baseball." And long story. Listen to the if you haven't listened to the Adam Rank episode of the podcast, but <laughs> but stay continue, Jess. I'm sorry for being rude and interrupting.
1: Totally fine. Let me continue talking about the. America's favorite pastime. Um, anyhow, but uh, so I totally lost my train of thought, Matt.
0: Gosh, I'm sorry, you were saying you were talking so, about people harassing you and more women. Oh,
1: yes, of course. Yeah, so like it, it was, I feel like it's it's toned down. I feel like in the last six to seven months, I don't know, maybe it's because I'm more established in the industry and I've kind of been able to prove myself for the most part. But that's what sucks is, is the fact that I had to prove myself this whole time. And, you know, but at the same time, when I first got in the industry, I was never like, "Oh, I'm a woman, so I'm gonna get treated like this, or I'm gonna get treated like that." It wasn't until, like I said, the last, I think maybe I landed Fanduel, and and I remember I was covering my first college football game for Scout. I was freelancing for Scout, and this girl wrote me the longest, most nasty messages I've ever come across. Did I ever send you that, by the way? I, think I don't I did. think so. No. Oh, okay. Yeah. So she was actually a girl that I knew who I worked with, like through blogging and stuff. And she made it personal. She's mentioned like, death to my dog. Um, No wonder my boyfriend at the time dumped me and all this other stuff. Yeah, she got real. It got real. Yeah, I know you have a precious little Charlie. So imagine that happening to you. So it was just, it was rough. And, and that was probably one of like, yeah, it was probably one of the top 10 things that have like happened to me. I've had a guy that I've turned down for a date, write an email to the CEO of Vandal saying I was an awful writer. I've had a lot of stuff happen. My just some crazy stuff. So, you know, it's, it's one of those things where unfortunately, and I know Liz can probably back me up. Any other female industry, industries, we're kind of used to it. We expect it, but that doesn't necessarily mean we should stand for it. So, Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, I can't go out there and, yeah, I can't reply to every single piece of crap who writes to me and says, you know, something inappropriate. But at the same time, it's difficult, especially if a girl or a guy is talking crap clearly about me. And, you know, I, I worked really hard to get where I'm at. I know what I look like. Let's be honest. I know I'm a chick. I don't freaking care. I really don't. But at the same time. If I'm going to respect you, I'm going to stay out of your mentions. Stay out of mine, dude. Like, go about your day. I do not care. Um, And if it does get bad, I do have my friends who kind of swoop in, my little anonymous account friends who swoop in and help me save the day. I don't need to be saved, though. I know it's going to happen. But at the end of the day, you know, like with the whole more than mean thing, mean tweets, like, it's we can do better. Unfortunately, it's not going to stop. And um, I don't think it's just for women though. Men get treated like crap. If you want to like really hit your life, look at Skip Bayless's mentions, look at Jason Whitlock's mentions. It's just, it's unfortunately what happens when you're in the public eye. I'm not, I'm not even look, you know, I'm not even anywhere near where I'm going to be because I know I'm going to go further in my career. I know it's going to get worse, unfortunately, but it just is what it is. I just feel like people can be better about it. Being a female in this industry it is what it is. A lot of women have helped me. They've paved the road to help me. And, you know, if I could ever pay them back, I would really, you know, obviously do so. Um, but harassment is going to happen, whether you're a female, you're a male, you're a transgender, whatever. It's going to happen. Um, I just feel like the people on the other side need to kind of take a step back and realize that same thing with fantasy. You know, they're humans. I'm a human, like, obviously. And it's just one of those, those things where it's going to happen. I don't keep repeating that, but it's very important because I don't want, I don't think that it's going to stop. And I hope people don't try to hurt themselves over trying to make it stop because it's not going to. Um, But you just kind of have to adjust to what's out there in society. Unfortunately.
0: Yeah. I mean, it it does suck. Uh, You mentioned just again, this idea of like, it keeps happening uh, or, or it's going to keep happening uh is that really like if a, if a young female writer or or you know someone aspiring was to ask you like what's the like how do I how do I deal with that I'm struggling dealing with it is that really kind of the best way to approach it or or how would you like what would the, what advice would you give to somebody in that position
1: um basically to stick, stay true to yourself and there's actually one person that I reached out to it was actually field gates probably Three months ago, because I know he gets hated on a lot on on Twitter, and I reached out to him and I was like, I received this nasty email and he was like, you just have to be, you know, true to yourself and you have to, and he rather than saying like F the haters, which a lot of people do. He just kind of said, "You just kind of have to be true to yourself," and it takes a lot for you to do that. And you know, I, I'm I'm a very insecure person. Like 90% of the time, when I'm not super confident, I'm really weird. Gosh, I'm a weird person. But when I am my most confident self, it's usually when I just don't care what other people think. I know, I know. So it's it's one of those things. Charlie's where sticking up for you here. <laughs> I don't know. If if you stay true to yourself and you do what you have to do you can't have anybody get mad at you because you're not going to apologize for being who you are, which is easier said than done, but it is what it is. And, and so he kind of helped me with that because, um, you know, I was kind of struggling with that. So if I were to tell a, a female, a young girl, first of all, you know, buckle up because it's a very bumpy ride <laughs> and it's, there's going to be many times you're going to doubt yourself. And I do that. I still do that on the regular. So it's one of those you know scenarios where it's going to happen constantly, but at the same time, don't forget where you came from doing it. And it doesn't always have to be about writing about who you think is going to win the Super Bowl or a batting average or who's going to win this match. You just have to remember you do have a lot of people who go up to bat for you. And if you don't, you should probably rearrange your friends and in and, and that aspect. And don't forget who you are. I know you get caught up in social media, but at the end of the day, like turn the damn Twitter off and figure out what you really want to do. Figure out if it is worth it. Most of the time you're going to think it's not, but you just have to figure out why you decided to start doing it. And at the end of the day, you'll have your answer. It's it's not easy though. I don't, if my daughter were to say, if I did have a daughter and she were to approach me and say, hey, I want to be a sports writer. I'd be like, hell no, you're not. <laughs> don't do it. <laughs> you know, so it's kind of a, A situation with that but just keep fighting keep working hard even if you're not getting paid to do it keep doing it you know do a podcast get your name out there get comfortable in front of the camera which I'm still trying to do um write everything down put it in a blog there's there's a lot that goes into it and if you keep working hard and you're nice to people don't be a dick you know you'll actually go far so
0: there's your uh, requisite mention of you know be nice to people <laughs> it seems to come up on every uh, episode <laughs> of the podcast. It's such a simple thing, you know, be nice to other people, be nice to human beings, and uh, but it seems to be something that we continually have to remind each other about. Um, uh-huh. You mentioned the uh, the uh, the one the oh god now I'm blanking on it. what is it the mean to mean or so what was the thing again? I'm, I'm more blind. than mean, more, more than, than, mean. than mean, right? Idiot, idiot, I'm an idiot. Um, there's a lot going on you in are, my head. You are, yeah. <laughs> Yes, I am an idiot. Let's just be clear about that. Uh, There's the title of the episode. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Jessica Kleinschmidt. uh, You're an idiot, Matt. Uh, There's perfect. (laughs) That's perfect. Um, Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But you mentioned that that video and that campaign. You actually put a, a response video up. To it, um, if and if you're listening and you haven't watched it yet, definitely check that out. I think you could find it on on Jess's YouTube page. What was like? What led you to do that? Because I thought it was a really great uh, response, and I, I think I shared it from my account too. Was, I thought it was really cool of you to do that? What mm-hmm. What was the impetus behind that?
1: Well, it was it was more or less at first I was going to go on there and just go apeshit about like f you, f this, f that. but I was like, hmm, no, probably not a good idea. My <laughs> Like I said, don't my, my, my hashtag should be just don't be a dick. Cause it's not difficult, you know? And so I was thinking rather than go off on, on it, they kind of did a great job of showing this is what happened. So I don't have to attack anyone, but I was like, well, I'd rather just have an open forum between for women or men who are getting bullied online and say, you know, even if you're a completely anonymous person, that's fine. Cause one of my really good, good friends who I became super close with, she's transgendered. She's a sports writer. And she, deals, she dealt with a lot of crap, whether it was her friends or family. And her and I became really close after um, I interviewed her for a story. And um, I know she dealt with a lot. But every time she deals with something, she reaches out. And I, I was thinking, wow, I never, I never had that when I first got in the industry. Like I said, a lot of women were mean to me. And I think only up until the last few months, I didn't feel like I had any women that I could reach out to that – have gone to the same thing. So then I thought, well, maybe I should do a response and, and show that not everybody's going to be negative, but at the same time, it's not going to necessarily stop. So um, that's why I did. I did that response. I tried to show like a good side of me, which is, you know, rare. But I sure. did put it out there. Yeah, of course. <laughs> I'm such a butthead. So that's why I did that and try to sh- paint some positive white obviously these women i've never been told the stuff that these women have um besides the whole your dog should die thing that definitely did happen to me as i explained earlier but awful <laughs> you know,
0: so, awful so inexcusable that, leave the dogs out of this people
1: i'm like i'm like you can wish harm to me but leave bella alone <laughs> you know? like, that's how it that was my thought process but so that's why i decided to do that plus i wanted to um it was weird. I think I did it like on a whim and I got really nervous. Cause I was like, I don't like being in front of the camera, but I just did it anyway. And um, I actually got so much wonderful feedback and actually I got two really negative comments. And I was like, this dude obviously doesn't understand it. He went off on me saying like, I shouldn't, I should just suck it up. And I'm like, I suck it up all the time. I don't know what this guy's saying, you know? And it's, you know, he, he, he replied to everybody who replied on my, who commented on my video. So it was just a whole scenario where this guy didn't get it. And actually Julie Decaro. Right, exactly. And Julie DeCaro herself actually reached out and was like, Well, he seems nice. I was like, I know, he's just such a precious baby angel. But at the end of the day, like hashtag love you block button, you know. So that's where that went. And my block button's looking like a forty man roster these days, probably <laughs> double that, maybe three forty man rosters. So, you know. It is what it is, and I've noticed, you know, I wanted to develop a platform to show these women aren't alone, these men aren't alone, and I wanted people to be open with me, and if they needed help with any sort of suggestions, and that goes to everything, not just being bullied, but, like, if you ever need, you know, advice on what I'm doing, what have you, or anything else, like, I want people to know that there was somebody there for them, because I didn't have that, and I really wish I did, but rather than be angry about that, I could reach out and say, like, hey... If you need somebody to, to help you out, like I got you, you know, unless you're a dick and I'm not going to help you just saying.
0: Good life lessons. Jess is, Jess is good people. So let's kind of, I think really good thoughts on that for sure, but let's kind of, let's, uh, let's go for a little more positive stuff. What's, what's been like a a good experience of being a, a female in this industry that you think like is different from being, a man like something that's been maybe like an advantage that you have or like just a different experience that has been really positive
1: um probably just interviews i've gotten to do because men do want and men and women do want a woman's perspective in this industry even you know especially with a lot of the even though the negative stuff did happen like with ray rice domestic violence all kinds of stuff people do want a female's you know um perspective um the the women and girl the wives and girlfriends articles that i do they open up to me because i am a female and they love they they'll share a lot with me um britney ross she's a picture of boston red Sox, uh has been she's her his wife you know what i'm saying she opened up to me about how she had a miscarriage she was very open with me about what mm. she's dealt with and a lot of the women are too and saying like how a lot of the, how they get treated so that's definitely been an advantage um I think just we're more, they're more accepting with women now. They love to have like a fun little personality and and a man couldn't have done like the breakup stuff from FanDuel Insider. That would have been weird. You know, it would have been a little awkward. So having a girl do it makes it more fun. And I can talk about these boys and how you shouldn't be with them, if you will. And, you know, I have, I think that's, you know, something that shows if I can do it, any woman can really do it. So that's probably a good advantage. And I've met a lot of cool women who get where I'm coming from. I've developed amazing friendships. And I don't think I could have developed certain friendships if I was a guy. Because, you know, women women like to hang out with women sometimes. Not all the time. Sometimes they're too much. But so, so are guys. So it's fine. <laughs> so it is what it is. And um, I get to not look as weird obsessing over Charlie every time you post a picture of him. Because if it, I'm just a girl thing, so it's fine.
0: Oh, uh, well, I mean, I can never discourage that. But that that's a pretty cool perspective that you mentioned, like getting to do the breakup series and stuff like that and being, you know, yeah, it's, 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 it's something that like it definitely sounds good from a female voice. And I think that's the biggest thing that I can say when not that not that being a woman is a weakness, but some people would perceive it as in this industry, but that's the Uh biggest thing that you can do with anything that you feel like might be viewed as a weakness on the outside, whether it's your like anxiety or any sort of thing like that. If you can take that and turn it into your strength, it's an incredible, it's incredible thing because it makes you better. It's empowering to you as an individual. I think that like from my perspective, I'm for I'm I'm a pretty sensitive dude. Uh, in case you haven't figured out uh, the fact that I daily dapped uh, poetry reading on the Fantasy Live podcast, which got a lot of interesting iTunes reviews after that one. Um, <laughs> whether it's uh, you know me constantly espousing about my feelings on things, whether it's me posting plants, I'm, I'm a little bit of a sensitive cat, you You're know. And, sensitive
1: cat, yes.
0: Yeah. Exactly. Uh, and I try to take that and infuse it into my writing to make it better to make my voice stronger and be able to empathi- empathize with people. And I think that like, that's kind of just another example of that from my perspective. Like if you can take something like that, that's a perceived weakness and actually make it an asset for yourself. I would, I would encourage you to do that because like any listeners to do that, because it's, it's a, it's, it makes your, your work better and it makes you feel better as a person too. At least I don't no. know, Jess, if you agree, but that's my
1: thought. No, I 100% agree with you because it's, it's kind of one of those things where if you can be yourself and that's still different, that's a very rare quality to have, you know, not just being a female, but I know I have a very unique personality. I know I can relate to a lot of people. So if you look at it that way as well, you know, especially in this industry, you have to be different. Anybody can just write a blog about why you should stick this guy over that guy or anybody could write, you know, this is why I like the A's or something like that. But if you make it fun or you put your own little words into it, you catch the right attack up to a totally, you can do amazing things. And same thing with me. If you want to empathize with people, that's such a beautiful characteristic to have. And you're charismatic too. And if you, if you put more of a human perspective behind what you're doing, it definitely helps too. So I a hundred percent agree with you.
0: Well, that's good. Uh, but yeah, absolutely. Like, and I I joke about this all the time. Like, if I can do this job, you know, anybody can do this job because I'm just another idiot. But uh, you know, why should? But you, as much as I say that, like, you have to stand out. And you have to you have to show people like, yeah, anybody can do it. But this is why I should do it. So you know, if you're an aspiring writer or, or person that wants to get into sports media or for God's sakes cover baseball, I'm sorry, but uh, yeah. <laughs> that's something that you should do you should you should you should realize that anybody can do it but it's on you to prove like this is why i'm the person to be able to do it and that goes for any field honestly Mm -hmm. you know in in all in all reality so jess you mentioned that you uh and and you say this a lot to me and when we talk too like i'm you know I'm, i'm nowhere near where i'm going to be what does the future hold for you or what would you like it to hold what's where what's the what's the end game
1: Yikes. I don't know. Because I'm, I'm very much like free spirit, live in the moment, try not to over plan stuff because it stresses me out. Um, I I mean, I it was actually the first meeting we had with Fandle in center. We met all the new writers. Joe Pisapia, who works for SiriusXM, um, huge baseball guy, bigger baseball guy than I am, Matt Harmon. You would love him. Ugh, you would love him. It's pretty timely <laughs> that I just <laughs> muted
0: my microphone to yawn.
1: I know. <laughs> that was
0: that was completely a coincidence no that was that was a real thing i was actually yawning (laughs) at the same time as as you were telling that
1: okay
0: okay oh we're so we're so on the same wavelength right now we really are this is peak podcasting (laughs) (laughs)
1: um so i you know he mentioned that he wanted to be a sports entertainer and i really loved that that definition and the reason why I liked it is because it shows you're diverse and I, and I feel in my writing, I'm diverse. I can write a very serious piece or I can make something, you know, facetious, have fun with it, what have you. Um, and I really am really getting into my radio spots and I'm trying to start my own podcast. I just don't um, And obviously trying to be more diverse with getting on camera. So I don't really a hundred percent know what I do know is I enjoy what I do right now. I love the writing aspect. I love all the media stuff I've been doing and and so on and so forth my dream job would be a correspondent with like mlb network or fox sports doing baseball and i'm okay with that because i know there's so much competition in football with women and everyone really and i know you bash on baseball but that's okay i love baseball i don't give a shit if you don't but at the same time nor should i and it's cool because you know people are saying that baseball is a dying sport and obviously it's you know, you can call it what it is, but I don't think there's, there's a lot of people like me in baseball as far as personalities go or analysts go and what have you. So it's definitely something that I'm shooting for. I don't think anybody can, I've never met anybody like me who can do what I do necessarily. I mean, I'm not saying like my job is difficult. We've always talked about, you know, that, but I think I bring a fun perspective. I think I bring a unique perspective. And, you know, I just like to have fun with stuff. And it's difficult to find somebody who's both very, very fun and very, very serious. You, you can take seriously. And I'm hoping people look at me that way. Um, obviously, it is because I have five to ten radio spots I do a week. So, obviously, something's working for me. Um, so, like I said, dream job, probably something with MLB Network. Yeah, um, yeah, totally making it rain. Sports journalism, tell you what. Yeah, hmm. I'm going to go buy bottles of Crystal. I can't even. I'm sitting on a big pile of money right now, I tell you what. <sighs> Um, <laughs> you really have to love what you do to love this to work in this industry for sure. But um, so that's probably a dream job. Um, I've always wanted to be like a beat writer for a certain baseball team. Those are kind of difficult jobs to come by because I love traveling. I get really annoyed if I stayed in one spot for more than like six weeks, I get, especially the place that I live. I love traveling. So that'd be cool. So what's better than writing and, and about baseball and traveling. Don't answer that question. Um, so it's just kind of one of those, scenarios but um those are probably my dream jobs um to to be honest but we'll see what the future holds i i'm pretty excited to see what happens um we'll see
0: that's awesome yeah i mean that's a lot of those i mean if baseball aside that would be some pretty some pretty kick-ass jobs there for sure um
1: (laughs) baseball aside
0: (laughs) baseball aside uh but anyways
1: minus the fact that it's yeah,
0: <laughs> minus the fact that you want to work in baseball. Like, other than that, it sounds pretty <laughs> sick. I really did not want this episode to be as anti-baseball as it is. Like, I was really—I like, was
1: excited because you not—you have a diverse group. Now you have like the baseball listeners who could actually listen, and now all you're doing is shitting on baseball. Like, I'm alienating, on, I'm
0: alienating you the audience. Are- Oh, no, that's, that's something I never wanted to do. Um, Just a few more questions for you here. Just before we get out of here, you mentioned, you know, kind of transitioning from writing to being on the radio, and then being in front of the camera. Uh, As somebody that struggled with that, uh, at different points in in my, uh, in my career it's always weird to say career but uh especially now now I feel I can talk on podcasts all day if you've been following me this Mm offseason you know I've been on about 3,000 but you know the the on-camera stuff is still a little weird for me but what is that what is that transition like what are the different skill sets that you need to develop in order to kind of move on through that progression
1: well it's a confidence thing I've noticed and first of all you have a great face for radio so I don't know why it was so difficult for you to wow start
0: off (laughs) This episode <laughs> I be- is over.
1: <laughs> Shit on baseball more, Matt, and then more will come to you. Just say. Oh, saying. God.
0: <laughs> I always joke that it's you like a rule. T- I always joke that it's a rule on the podcast that you have to, like, every person, uh, every guest has to compliment me at least once. And you've actually taken the opposite, and you've taken a shot right at my heart. Ouch.
1: Well, I'm just saying, the- for the record, if you're tr- you should know how to talk to a lady. Don't bash on baseball. That's rule number one, to talk to a lady. That was talk never
0: in that was never in the rule book. <laughs> <laughs> thing it was, don't bring up baseball.
1: <laughs> oh, oh, that explains a lot. Well, Jess,
0: you are a unicorn, so that's what it is.
1: <laughs> I am definitely a unicorn, that's for sure. Um, but yeah, so I, it's definitely a confidence thing. And I've noticed that's with everything. And you have to believe in like what you're saying. You have to believe in your own skills. But being on camera, the most awkward thing that I've gotten is talking to the camera. Like just, just this, there's this thing you have to talk to and you're like, you're not a person and it doesn't respond back. So if you make a funny joke, which I make tons of them, hello, and nobody laughs at you, you're like, oh crap, was that even funny? You know? So it's like, oh my gosh, it's all awkward. And then. But luckily, like even with my last video, I've gotten a lot of responses from people in the industry where they were saying like you can tell you were talking from your heart. But it's not you're not always gonna be talking from your heart. You have to read what's on the teleprompter. And I've seen Anchorman. I could really f that up. You know what I'm saying? So that's what I get nervous about. I'm nervous I'm gonna say something stupid or just look dumb or not not know what to do with my hands. Um, you just gotta train yourself. It's a lot of like looking at yourself in the mirror, realizing what you do, realizing your quirks. I do a lot of teleprompter practice stuff. A lot of people, that's kind of embarrassing to admit, but I was told I should do that. Um, so I've been doing that. When somebody from Fox sports tells you to practice on the teleprompter, you practice on the damn teleprompter, just saying. So that's what I've been doing. Um, so like I said, it's definitely a confidence thing and it's all about in this industry and yourself, you got to kind of break your boundaries you know, I feel like I dominated writing. So I was like, okay, what's the next step? Okay, cool. A podcast. I did that. And then, uh, live radio spots. That was kind of nerve wracking the first couple times too. And then after, okay, now I feel like I've done those well enough. And now I have to figure out the video stuff, which slowly but surely getting into. Um, so as long as you just think if you, if you're hundred percent confident in what you have to say, hundred percent confident in what, how you feel, You know you're perceived at or even if you don't you know don't care what other people think just be yourself just realize you know it's part of the job it's what you have to do just be confident do your thing yeah and that's it
0: absolutely you know and i you're one of the people that i saw doing these first you and like josh norris i saw doing like the periscope things and those have actually been really helpful to me, in my opinion. So yeah. I would encourage, like, if you if you are somebody that wants to get into the video side of things, um, if, if you're in school for that or for video broadcasting or whatever, like, just do those little Periscope sessions. Like, even if nobody's watching, who, who cares? It's not important. But, like, oh, yeah. just, just get used to, like, talking, you know, to the phone, to the little camera, and, like, thinking on your feet. Like, because I had, when I, when I, like, I've done a couple of them, and it, it's weird, like, to have to think, like, somebody asks you a question a, a boom five, like, okay, do you like Dion Lewis or Eddie Lacey better? You know, um, boom, get my answer. Like, and you got to think on your feet and you also have to say, you can't babble on forever too. Cause there's a lot of questions coming at you quickly. Um, They're at least, from, hot. Oh, at least hot. for me, cause I'm pretty popular.
1: Right. Right. Anyhow. So the thing about, <laughs> um, but I've noticed with the, um, with periscope if you you can even turn off the chat function and they they made me do that a lot on fanduel because people are buttheads most of the time oh, no, no, i gotta talk to my people in, you gotta talk to your people that's um, what i'm here for but mine was on the the fanduel periscope and it was right. just me giving last minute plays and they told me not to um yeah, that makes but, sense. yeah the only thing i don't like about periscope is like it, you have to think so fast and like if you're in the middle of a thought process and somebody asks you a question you, you're scared that you're gonna forget it so you hurry up and answer it but you can't go back to your original thing I'm very spacey sometimes mm. so that kind of happens a lot but I do agree it does give you it, it gives you a perspective it's just basically like your it's like one big selfie like a live selfie yeah. that you're answering questions with so I and I like I said I do suggest Periscope like you said I think it's a really good resource we use that a lot with Fanduel during the football season actually worked out beautifully and everybody really liked it. So I suggest it too.
0: That's awesome. Well, I mean, Hey, one long selfie to two beautiful people like us. What's wrong with that? Um, <laughs> there right, I, I compliment, I, I compliment myself. All right, let's get out of here. No, <laughs> but seriously, uh, Jess, I really want to thank you for your time tonight. This has been, it's been really been fantastic. You know, I think you gave a lot of great perspectives. I always give the guest uh, one last shot at the floor here before I, Yank it out from under you before we get out of here. So, any parting shots to the audience, whether it's advice to aspiring writers or just thoughts in general, the floor is yours.
1: Um, you know, I was nervous you were going to ask me that. It's like kind of like when like the teachers like, oh, you can talk amongst yourselves, and that it like feels weird, so you like (laughs) don't want to talk amongst yourselves. Oh, that's such a good point. You know, because it's like okay. But then if you, if you were to tell me to be quiet, I would just go off. But um, I guess, you know, like I said, don't be intimidated by this industry, not just females. I, I don't want to just say that with females, but along a lot of young writers constantly fill up my email box with how do I get it started? The easiest way to say it is just do it. Just anything that, you know, you feel that you want out on paper Get it done. It doesn't even have to be sports. I also have like a lifestyle blog that I'm starting too. So you can do that, you know, with the best relationship advice in the world. Not really, just kind of all the mistakes I've made in life, <laughs> I write about. So I have that too. So if, if, it's, and it's really good therapy too, I've noticed. If, if you really want to, you know, keep a journal, do that. If you want to share it with the public, cool. If you don't, that's fine too. You're not going to get paid for everything. You have to remember that. Just keep doing what you want to do. And that's, you know, your best work is is sometimes stuff you don't get paid for. Some Some of the best pieces I've ever written were stuff I didn't get a penny for. And, you know, like I said, don't be intimidated by this industry. Don't be intimidated by anything you do. If you're comfortable with yourself, you can honestly do anything that you want. And that's super important, too, because the scariest person you have to deal with at the end of the day is yourself. And if you're not comfortable with yourself, your life will be shattered. So I, I strongly suggest that. And, um, you know, big shout out to you. I know I'm really I think these are great podcasts that you've been doing. And thank you for having me and all that fun stuff. Yeah. Just
0: out. Beautiful. There you go. I, you just, <laughs> I think so. Your audio probably cut out a little bit. But hey, if it happened, I think oh. we all got your you
1: should you have to drop your mic at the end of this.
0: I'm not, I, this might cost money. <laughs> I'm not dropping this thing. Are you kidding? Yeah. I'm not, I'm not, the, I'm not the president of the United States or, or Kobe Bryant. I cannot just be dropping mics left and right. Uh, you're NFL, you're not media. Kobe
1: Bryant. Uh, no, you're not. I'm Kobe
0: better. Bryant? I'm better. than Wow.
1: Kobe
0: Whew, hot take. All right. On that note, <laughs> okay. thank you again. Thanks again to Jess. I really appreciate Cold you coming tape. on. Yeah. No, that is a, right. It's just a fact. No, but seriously. Um, I really want to thank Jess for coming on today. If you guys are not familiar with her work, please check it out. I think she does have a does a very good job uh, at FanDuel and you, just a great voice in general, regardless of what the content is. Um, so, And if you're listening, of course, thank you guys for tuning in again. Um, if you could, even though we're not giving a spot away at the Scott Fishbowl, it always helps if you guys can share the show, leave a rating or review on iTunes. It helps a lot. Um, the feedback is always tremendous and I look forward to doing more of these. Uh, if you're listening to the show, i'm probably on the road by now driving across country so uh keep charlie and i in your thoughts hopefully we don't run into any bears (laughs) along the way (laughs) we are prepared we are we are we have a tent uh and everything we're sleeping outside most of the way so it is going to be quite a journey but uh you guys are right there right there along with us in spirit but anyways i want to thank you guys so much for listening today and i hope you learned something